Hey there, welcome to Authentically Raw. I'm your host, Jamie Barris. Luisa Valentin, welcome to the Authentically Raw podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me, Jamie. I am doing great. Just had a birthday passed on Tuesday, so um, I'm having a good week. <laughs> Yay! Celebrate you. Celebrate life. You know, I, you. I I love that you mentioned that because so many people don't even celebrate their birthdays. Oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Yes, it is. You were given life. Celebrate that, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. And I. I say, why, why not embrace it? I'm chapter 42. Why not be thankful that I've had all of these years and hopefully many more to continue celebrating? Absolutely. Keep, I love it that you said I'm a writer too. So I love that you said chapter 42, keep writing your story, right? I think you ought to say uh, novel 42 or book 42, right? Because we can fit like a whole book in, in one year, lots of chapters each year, each. Hey, that's a good way to look at it. Um, 12 chapters in each year, we complete our own book every year, write your story. Well, there, there's, there's my next solo podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You were brought together and we're going to talk about a conversation on a topic about body image and mental health, which I think everybody in this world can resonate with because I don't care if you're a male, female, child, adult, you know, your body shape, your body size. At some point in time, we have all felt a little insecure about our bodies or we've had body image issues um, in it that is completely related to our mental health. And I, I don't know if many people really, really connect those dots. So I think body image and mental health is just a great conversation and it's not explored as much as it should be. So that's what brought us together, but go ahead and introduce yourself, Louisa, to our audience a little bit and tell them, tell them a little bit more about you. Sure, well, I'm Louisa Valentine, as you have already introduced. I'm an empowerment wellness coach. I work with women who are kind of stuck. They're stuck in their space of health. They're not really progressing because they don't take the time for themselves. They don't feel like they deserve to be able to put themselves as a priority. I know you're working on a book for people pleasing, which goes so along with that because we're so busy taking care of everyone else. We want to please everyone else that we don't take the time for ourselves and we put ourselves on the back burner. So I'm just here to help encourage, empower, and give these women the space to be able to take care of themselves, not just for their looks, but for their actual health and, and well-being. Yeah, overall well-being, because I think it's easy to jump over that. And especially when it comes to our health, not necessarily just our physical health, what comes to mind. And what popped up um, right off the bat, and I want to dive right into this. I know you have a personal story of you know your own body image and mental health and things like that, personal experience. But I think that we get so caught up in physical appearance when it comes to physical health. And 
how many people out there this is a personal question everybody you know if you're walking the dog if you're in the car wherever you are listening the question is is when you exercise how much maybe you just on a scale of one to ten do you feel like you're doing this for to look a certain way to be a certain number on a scale um you know toned this you know tighten that all or is it just for your own well-being i mean i know i need to even just little breaks go outside in nature and take a little bit of a walk just to clear my head get some fresh air no matter what the weather is like and it's strictly for my own well-being and i'm not gonna lie that of course it comes into play of oh yeah but you're you know you're getting that physical exercise also too to stay in shape to look this way to burn calories to do you know we all have this going through our head and not that that's a bad thing but how many of us are strictly showing up at the gym going to these classes counting their steps doing all this and that just to look a certain way and you're we're just we're missing it and there is there's a big mental health issue or aspect that goes along with that and i would love to hear because i know nothing about your personal story i know you just have one and so i would love to and that's why i love this podcast because we just come in authentic i know you have a story and then to share and it's going to spur questions as i as i listen and so take it away louisa <laughs> tell us yes. your story Yes. One, I love that you asked that question because it's so true. Are we really moving our bodies for the sake of moving our bodies or is it just for how we look? And even what you said really quick, and then I'll go into me directly, how you're doing it for your well-being. And then you added, but I also care about how I look, etc. How about and to replace the but? because it's okay to care how you look and how you feel in your body. So yes, I'm doing it for my well-being and I wanna feel good and I wanna be healthy and it clears my mind and it helps me to look better and I fit my clothes well and that makes me feel good as well. Yes, because a well-balanced balanced person, there is physical health, mental health, emotional health and spiritual health. So that is part of exercise and moving our body you know there's the physical side i mean you can clear your head you can get centered there's there's, there's so much involved and it really is the whole person mind body spirit i love mind body yeah, spirit yeah. wellness <laughs> so, yeah. i love it but i do I, I agree i have to change that but to the and and i'm doing this yes <laughs> yes yes now with saying that there was a long time where I was only focused on that but, that last part about, oh, how do I look in my clothes? How do I feel? What is the number on the scale? And I've never been obese, but I was a very active child in high school. I was on a dance team. I just did so many things. And then what happens? College comes, the freshman 15, which sometimes turns into a bit more than that. And as you continue, you don't have time to be as active as you once were. And I'm also a registered nurse. So then 
school and studying and pouring into other people, whether it be my patients or my family. And like I was saying earlier, I was that person putting myself on the back burner, my health on the back burner. And I was frustrated. I was unhappy. I was snapping and taking it out on other people, but in denial. I, I never admitted that this was why I was feeling and acting this way. It was, I, I thought I was fine. I thought I was able to put up this facade that everybody else was taking into account and they just thought I was happy and I was okay and I was fine when I really wasn't. And I spent a lot of that time suffering on my own because I I didn't share my concerns or if I did it was you know pretty blase like oh I should go to the gym I should work out I should eat better but never putting that into practice because the people that I was around since I was also pouring into them if I were to do that what would that do that would take time away from them and that didn't really put them in a space to want to say, yeah, you should go ahead and take care of yourself, especially because like I said, I wasn't obese per se, but I was on my way there if I would have kept on the track that I was. And it's crazy that it was something that would appear so superficial that helped me turn everything around. I remember looking at this picture one day. It was a holiday picture, I believe. And besides the fact that I didn't like the way I looked in my body, that I I didn't hide the way that I normally would, but my face. And I looked sad. I looked unhappy. And it was like, am I really fooling anybody? I am obviously I wasn't fooling myself. And that was like a wake up call for me. And that's when I decided, no, I really do have to put myself first and take care of my health to be a good example to the people in my life, to be a good example to my patients, because how great does it look to tell your patients to eat all this healthy food and to move their body and they can tell you're not doing that. Yeah. So. Wow. I like the, that's, I was going to ask, what was your turning point or your breaking point or, you know, kind of the wake up call. And I love that you recognized it, the sadness and the unhappiness in your face by looking at a picture. That's that's a pretty powerful wake up call when you can see like, that's not me, who am I? And probably that realization that I don't wanna feel like this anymore. Yeah, it, it really was. And it, I am, I was sad that day, but it was one of the best things that could have happened to me, taking that bad picture where I wasn't able to hide like I may have done in the past. Definitely, definitely. So tell me, how did the transition go? Because I I like that you pointed out, uh, you know, it's hard because when you start to take care of yourself, it takes time, right? It takes time to take care of ourselves. It takes time away from other people. 
um, in, you know, other things that we're trying to accomplish. Just it is self-care and well-being. It not only time, but it takes some of your energy and your attention, which we, you know, you've already spent on other people and other places. And so to be able to now give that to yourself, how did you start to weave that in? Uh, it's not, it's not always easier <laughs> or not no. always easy, right? No, it definitely was not the easiest transition in the world. Like I said, uh, people were used to me always being there for them, being available. And the way that I was able to make the transition was to make small changes within even my boundaries. Because I realized it can't just be about the physical. Because let's be honest, we usually all try to make the physical changes first thing. And we usually fail if that's all we are trying to accomplish. So I started putting up small boundaries. I didn't say no to everything. I didn't say, oh, it's about me all the time. But I made way. And as I got comfortable with certain boundaries where I was like, nope, I'm going to the gym at this time. It made me more comfortable to put up more boundaries. So I live in New York City, happy hours and dinners, big, big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to never say no because I didn't want to disappoint my friends or whoever. And then I was able to start saying, maybe not this time. And make other suggestions, other things we could do. We found out that uh, some people actually like hiking. Some people like going out roller skating. I am one of those people. I'm one of the rare people that enjoys running. Uh, so I don't get many friends to do that with me, but I've been able to get them to try other things that weren't centered around food and drinking or just sitting watching a movie or something, but stuff that was active. And of course, I would still go to some of the happy hours, some of the dinners. So it wasn't an all or nothing for me because I still wanted to keep my social circle, especially the people who were good for me. There were some who weren't feeling it at all. They didn't like these new lifestyle changes and they kind of dropped off and that's okay. I wish them well in their journeys in life and my journey has just taken me in a different direction. Yeah. I love the happy hour example or analogy because I, I like to use that one too. And it is easy just to go show up for happy hour, have a drink, have some laughs, whatever. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> right? But yeah, the flip side to that is that is tough just on, on your physical health. And to be that one though, to say, hey, you know, maybe let's try something different. Number one, when you do though, it's being able to explore some other interests. And you said roller skating, not rollerblading, right? 
Yeah, really? roller skating, rollerblading. I'm open, yeah. even ice skating, all of, all of the above. <laughs> You're showing your age with roller skating because as soon as you said roller skating, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I haven't put on a pair of actual roller skates in forever, but boy, back in the day, <laughs> we roller skated like crazy. Had the little pom-poms on the front, right? Oh. <laughs> Loved yes. it. But that's the thing too. And I talk about physical activity. That is, it, it's, it's so much more. It is play, which so many of us adults don't get enough play in our lives. And I, 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 the roller skating just brings up play for me. It's fun, right? Why not get some other people that enjoy doing that? So there's your social, your connection with other people. It's play. It's good for your soul. It's such a stress and anxiety relief to go do playful things like that. You know, I love to dance. And so I will crank the music at home and, and, and dance. It's it's play, but it's movement and so much more. One other thing too is I, I you know, I picked up on when you're at let's, the happy hour example, moving away from that, you know, you're discovering some people like hiking, some people like, you know, all these different things. And it's a great way to explore different things with other people that you probably would never explore on your own. But it also can get you out of a situation, an environment that maybe isn't the best for you to be in all the time. Because what happens at happy hour when you're continually doing that? Maybe if you go with coworkers, there could be, you know, <laughs> gossip or just complaining about what's going on at the office. You know, it turns into, I'll just say it like a bitch fest, right? And that is, you know, you do that over and over and it almost becomes like a habit, whether you contribute or not, right? You're still there. You're still, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, you're, you're still guilty by association, but you're just, you're, what it what it's doing to the inside of you for your overall well-being and mental health isn't good either. So to even just step out of that box and have some boundaries like, okay, you know, maybe you work with the most positive people and it's always laugh and fun, but still you're just, you know, getting out of that box and working, working the physical activity into our life in a way that just isn't centered around diet and numbers and focused on what my body looks like. It just opens up the doors, like you said, for trying new interests, experiencing new things and connecting with new people. And I think the, 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 you know, the more we age, we go through these phases where it's just easy to connect with people. You know, you, if you if you go right out of high school into college, you know, you connect with people in college or you go into work and there's maybe some people you connect with there. You're a young mom and maybe you connect with, you know, your kids, friends, parents or things like that. And we go through these phases of life, though. And I think a lot of times around middle age and especially with empty nesters or kids, you know, you have kids that are maybe middle school, high school, they're kind of more on their own you reach that age where all of a sudden it's like, wait, I have to go find new friends and new connections. And, but I don't even know what my interests or hobbies are anymore. Cause I gave them all up because I was always working or taking care of my family or doing these other things. And there's a lot self-discovery came up for me when you were talking, there's like this whole next chapter 
speaking of your birthday and chapters and stories, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm working all this in today. But no, there's a whole new chapter, a whole new story out there in your life that just kind of came off like a light bulb for me when you talked about happy hour and ditching that and the roller skating and the hiking and what it could open up. It makes me think of the rage of pickleball right now. I I took some pickleball lessons a few years ago, right before COVID hit, and I really didn't get much into it after that, but it's the same thing. I've been itching to get back out there and play pickleball and find some people to play pickleball with. And it opens up a lot of doors for so many things. Yes. So oh my gosh. <laughs> right? I I absolutely love that. And especially what you said about it turning into play. Because when we were kids and we were active and we were doing all these things, we weren't thinking about the calories and what we were eating and all of those things. We were just trying to have fun. And like you said, we lose so much of that into adulthood, you know, the whole adulting thing where people think all you can do is eat and drink for fun. But like you said, you love dancing and I do the exact same thing. I'll turn on music and I'll just pump it and dance to my heart's content. But there's also dance classes, there's Zumba. So yeah, there's ways for us to find those people that connect with the things that we want to do and that we can do and that we enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. If the social circle that you have now does not and will not and they're not open because you can always put yourself in that place. And I also really like what you said about how when you're out, you're drinking and maybe with coworkers and the complaining factor, because that's often what happens. It turns into a vent session. But when you're doing something active that's building up your endorphins, that's not where your brain goes. Those happy, feel-good hormones don't make you think about the problems that you're having at work complaining about your husband, your girlfriend, your kids. It's like, it's encouraging and it brings those happy feelings and we all deserve that. Right. And I think too, even just, I, I love that we landed on the happy hour thing and that was just completely organic and, and random, yeah. but it is, like you said, I mean, that can be very just discouraging doomsday you know you're just stuck in these problems rehashing the same things over and over why not put ourselves in an environment where we are you know feeling empowered ourselves and just getting empowerment from other women i am all about empowering other women i'm just all about empowering and my whole podcast i start thinking about that too it's like i'm a coach as well and i laugh because i'm like you know my whole podcast is kind of turned into empowering other coaches. And every so often I'm like, but I'm good with that. Like, I love these conversations. I love empowering other people. It makes me feel good. It's just who I am. It brings, you know, it brings that out. And when you're speaking, it's that same thing. When you get out of, and it really is, it's a habit to get stuck in these same old patterns that, you know, even going back to the picture, you looked at the picture of yourself and it's like, you're happy or sad. I mean, I don't even think we need to dig through our phones and look at pictures or old photo albums. Go look in the mirror or 
maybe, yeah, maybe go look at a picture of yourself, you know, when's the last, and not the selfie with the filter and the blah, 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 you know, it's like, but just start really noticing, maybe it's just a visual, visual picture of yourself in your environments over the last month, you know, wherever you are. And if you were to take, have a picture that wasn't posed and wasn't smiling, you know, what would you look like? Would you look inspired and purpose-driven and empowered and ready to go find some new experiences and, and do things that really fill you up with life, you know, so that you are spilling that life over to other people. And it does bring me to think about too, so many of us put this stuff on the back burner because, you know, we, we don't, we don't give ourselves this, this gift. We think it's, you know, it's ingrained in us that we're selfish. If we take the time and the energy and put this attention into just going out and playing, I mean, I'm an adult, get my, you know, I gotta be home. I gotta be at work. I have to do, I have to do, I have to do. Right. And no, there is time, you know, there's, there is time. And the more energy that you put into that stuff, you will have so much more energy for all of the other things, you know, in our life calling for our energy and our attention. It's so important. And I, I love that this just has turned into an empowering conversation because it is, it's, it's how, how can we number one, start with ourselves? How can we empower ourselves to take control of not just our physical health, but our overall well-being because yeah. it, it can be like you like putting it on the back burner it's easy to do that yeah and it, it's a bad habit a bad habit <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i i believe every habit has its counterpart yeah. and you one have to take notice of what the bad habit is and think mm -hmm. How can I flip this? How can I change it to make it work for me instead of against me? So for some people that's being on social media for, uh, if we look at our phones, some of us have eight, nine, 10, maybe even 12 hours of screen time where you could take some of that time for yourself to do something that feels good for you and just being gentle with ourselves because we're often super critical and say, oh, I failed again, or I didn't do this, or I need to do that. And it doesn't have to be that way. It can be, okay, this was not successful for me. What can I do to make myself successful? And creating those small shifts, getting your clothes ready, in the morning before work, if you plan to work out before or after work, because if it's ready, you're more more likely to actually go get that workout in. When I started, I was going to the gym, I committed to the gym for 10 minutes. And if I went to the gym and I really did not feel it, then I would leave in 10 minutes and not shame myself for it. I'm like, oh, I, I kept my commitment good on me. 10 minutes is better than zero minutes. And then there have been other times where I commit to that 10 minutes and I have one of the best workouts ever. And I feel so good and so pumped. And I'm like, woo, yay me. I smashed that 10 minute goal. So doing things that put you in a place to win. I get 
all of my food ready for the day. And I know this is, isn't feasible for everybody, but I take my meals with me. And that's including my snacks because after lunch, I tend to want something sweet. So I have a banana I, right next to me. I have my orange and I have a banana to eat after we are done with our conversation because I enjoy it. Now, if I didn't have that, maybe I'd want to go out and get a candy bar yeah. or just something that doesn't make me feel as good. Not because of the calories, but think about it. When we eat crap food, how do we feel? We usually feel sluggish or we might get an energy burst and then we crash. So that's why setting yourself up for success is so important. Right. And I think so many people, it's hard because we get stuck in these patterns of, you know, like now it's it's a habit for you to bring your food, bring those snacks. It's always there. And it takes time to develop that habit when we've had a pattern or a habit in the past that it's three o'clock. I'm craving something salty or something sweet. I deserve it. I'm tired. I'm going to go get it. And, and you get into that pattern and it does. And sometimes you're not even necessarily craving it, but it's a pattern. It's a habit. You just, you just do that. <laughs> right. And so it takes time to break that, that pattern. And I think so many of us too, we don't realize how crummy we feel until we start to feel better until we get out and we're active and we change, you know, what we eat and things. And you don't realize how sluggish and just, I even get irritable. Like if I eat a lot of sugar, ooh, <laughs> gosh, my claws come out. I just, I can't handle it. Really. It makes me so irritable. And, but I know that about myself now. And I, you know, I mean, it doesn't necessarily always make it easier in the moment. Like, you know, okay, I'm a, I love dark chocolate. You know, it doesn't always make it easier in the moment, but I have this habit every night after dinner, I have one square of really good dark chocolate and it satisfies that craving. Um, but it helps me too, that I'm not grabbing for things throughout the day. I don't feel deprived. And because I know if I were to do that, or even around the holidays, you know, December rolls around and my husband's bringing home all these huge gift baskets that he gets given. And, you know, there's just a week bake or do things and it catches up. And after about a week or two of eating a little bit more, a little bit more sugar, having a few more cocktails at the parties, all this and that, that sugar overload, I, I'm like crawling out of my skin. I just get in and I think when you when you don't know the difference or pay attention to your body, you yeah, I mean, you just you get stuck in that cycle. And then we think, you know, seriously, I mean, bringing in like that mental aspect to it, you think that, oh, my gosh, you know, I have these huge mental like problems or something when honestly, oh, if I make some diet changes, because it does affect it, I mean, it affects our mental help in that way. It truly does. But I, I don't think that we want to always necessarily admit that because we, we like, we all have our vices, right? We all have our things. But when we admit to ourselves, okay, you know, I can't handle this much. I feel like crap. I've got to get some self-discipline here and make some new habits and patterns, you know, and it starts small. I like to start small. I like that you said that it's those small little changes 
you know, that lead to big, big results and, and giving yourself those little, those little treats, you know, is huge too. Definitely. Yes, exactly. And along with what you said about it being difficult, it is. Nobody is saying you need to go again from zero to 100. Like you said, small changes, big results. So one of the other things that I suggest is instead of taking something out of your diet, add something in that's healthy. So, okay, you don't eat vegetables, add in a vegetable, add in a salad, add in something that is going to nourish your body. I like to say few excuse me, food is fuel and motion is lotion. So yeah, and that just keeps you feeling good. And then we kind of get a little bit of that happy rush again. And it makes you want to add on something because you didn't put too much pressure on yourself to do everything perfectly. And it starts becoming that habit. So now you're adding in a salad and it's like, oh, I don't have as much room for the potato chips that I was going to have. So maybe you have a smaller bag or you have a little bit less. You split it up into two days instead of all at one time. And again, just those small shifts just continue to create this wind tunnel of effects. And it's like, oh, wow, I can do this. I I didn't believe in me. But when you make small goals, nothing huge, you, you start to keep promises to yourself. And you see that you are dependable, you can count on your own word to yourself, because we're so good at making promises to other people and say, oh, I promise so-and-so, so I, I have to do this. I have to commit. Mm-hmm. But what about the promises that we say to ourselves? Yeah. I'm going to go to the gym in the morning before work. That's just what I typically do. And if I'm breaking a promise, not because I have something else going on that's stopping me, but because I just eh, brushed it off, then I don't feel good. And then I don't trust myself. And that's the thing. We want to be able to trust ourselves because if we really can't trust our own word, how can we expect else to? Exactly. I like that. It's just the breaking, the breaking the promise to yourself. I like that spin on it and just telling you, so I'm not going to break my promise to myself. Right. And I even thought too, when you're speaking, it's a good little list to come up with all the promises you want to make to yourself, right? And having that list right down there. And then you can look, how am I doing with that? How's that going for me? And at the top should be well-being, but the joy, like, how do you want to feel? I think a lot of, um, you know, what, what drives us is outside stuff, you know, how do I want to look? How do I want other people to perceive me? You know, it's whether it's, I want to fit into that, or I want to do this. How do I want to feel? I want to feel comfortable in my own skin. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel strong. I want to feel at peace, you know, those things. And everything we've talked about gets you there. It's just being that well-rounded. So Louisa, I do want to ask too, because I know, um, 
you empower women in your coaching, your women empowerment coach, what other types of issues or things do you feel that women most struggle with? Um, body image is, is a big one and just our physical health and well-being. But what what is another uh, thing that you people come to you most often with? So usually most come to me with the physical and mm -hmm. it's not really that you have to dig a little deeper and then you realize oh so yeah you came to me because you said you wanted to feel good in your clothes and and gain confidence mm -hmm. again but it could really be i don't have the energy to keep up with my five-year-old and it's because i'm holding this extra weight or whatever else that it can be physically or even I've had some, especially because of my nursing background, they go to their doctor and their vital signs and labs are all out of whack. They don't know how to get their health back on track because they've been doing what they've been doing for so long that it's like, I need help. I just need somebody to be there for me and to be their biggest cheerleader and accountability partner. Yeah. And that's what I get a lot of. Somebody who wants to be cheered on. Because you were talking about empowerment before and how it makes you feel good. I often say I feel a little bit selfish because of how empowering other people makes me feel. Like it lights me up inside to be able to be in this space where I can really encourage and inspire others. I don't really like the term motivate because motivation I feel is very short term and it it doesn't keep you consistent. It doesn't get you results. But that discipline, and even for myself, I didn't get to go to the gym this morning like I normally do. And I had told my partner, text me at 12 o'clock and tell me to go to the gym because it, it put me out of my routine. And my routine is to go first thing in the morning. And I ended up going even before he texted me because I knew I had already told him to text me and he would be. So I, I had sent him a text and I was like, all right, I'm walking into the gym now. because uh, And I told him because I knew if I didn't tell you to text me, I wasn't going to go. Not because I don't enjoy it, because I felt great afterwards. I'm, my arms might be a little sore later, but, <laughs> but it felt good, And but I wouldn't have committed to it. So having that accountability partner, person, whatever it is, whoever it is, really helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just having someone else in your corner cheering you on, um, I think is, is huge because it's like you said, with the motivation, motivation might get you started, <laughs> but for continual behavior, 
it doesn't it's fleeting it comes and goes and if you only did you know if you only did really anything in life when you felt motivated i mean you just would barely do anything <laughs> let's let's be honest right because you it's it's a more you have to have that self discipline but i think having that accountability partner and someone else cheering you on it does make a big difference and then when you have that person you're more of that person to other people too and you just form your little community like that you know, it, it's so true. It just, it, it spills out. Definitely. Oh, Louisa, this has been a fabulous conversation. I just, I, I love the whole, anything to do with empowerment, but especially women, <laughs> empower, empower, women empowering women because, and that is one last thing I want to hit on is look at your life, everyone. This is kind of an assignment for the audience is look at your life and look at the women in your life. And you know, do you have that supportive community? Are women empowering each other in your community? Are you empowering other women and are they empowering you? Because let's face it, we've all been in situations and around women that it's competitive or catty or, you know, just it, it's not a healthy environment. And it, it does bring me back to talking about our overall well-being and health and how important it is to be surrounded by people that are cheering you on, really, in life. Seek those women, right? Yes. <laughs> Can't state that enough. I, I love that part that I, and that wasn't even something going into this conversation I would have thought of. And I really... I have such good friends in my life and I have such a good community and I will say it takes work. I, it, it's, I have, I'm really blessed. My friends know who they are and how important they are to me, but it does take work to find that community. So that is even empowering, right? Go out and do it. But thank you, Louisa. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Oh, thank you again, Jamie. And they can find me on my website, louisavalentine.coach, or you can find me on my social medias, Coaching with Louisa. Or if you type in my name, I'm usually pretty easy to find, Louisa Valentine. Either way, and I would love to offer your listeners a complimentary transformation call if they would just like to start the discussion on their transformation. Absolutely. Yes. And I will put all of your information in the show notes as well. So thank you so much. Thank Enjoy you. your, whatever your, I'm going to call it happy hour, whatever it is you choose to do today, right? Yes. <laughs> we can make it our happy hour, whatever we choose to do. Absolutely. Thanks, Louisa. Thank you so much for listening to Authentically Raw. I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email, jamie at jamiebarris.com and let me know what episodes resonate with you and why. Are you a people pleaser? If so, I need your help, please. I'm writing a book about people pleasing titled The People Pleaser's Guide to Pissing People Off to improve your relationships, especially the one you have with yourself. And I'm looking for personal stories of how people pleasing has impacted your life or suck the life out of you. Maybe people-pleasing has held you back, caused you to feel resent, regret, anger, powerlessness, or just plain exhaustion. Let me know how it's impacted your life. Who knows, maybe your story will inspire my writing and grace the pages in some shape or form in this handy dandy little guide. 
Also, if you enjoy the authentically raw content, please support the show by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Simply scroll down through the episodes and you will see where to do so. Want to learn more about life coaching? Head over to my website, jamiebarris.com and check it out. You can also follow me on social media at Jamie Barris for lots of inspiration and empowerment. One last thing, I'm rooting for you. Be real, be raw, be authentic.